ladies and gentlemen. This is America's Healthcare Advocate. Broadcasting coast to coast across the USA. Your guide to protecting your personal health. Bringing you simplified answers to the complex questions surrounding healthcare. Everything from cancer to liver transplants. Nutrition. Exercise. My yoga and Pilates instructor, Dana Goodale. Mental health and even pet care. Dr. Wayne Hunthausen, Westwood Animal Hospital. Empowering you to take control of your health and wellness. My very special guest today, Grace Marie Turner, president of the Galen Institute. Welcome back, Grace Marie. Well, Carrie, it's a pleasure to be with you. And I do have to say, you are the most knowledgeable about health policy. Just superlative. And now, ladies and gentlemen. Gentlemen, 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 gentlemen. And now, America's healthcare advocate, Carrie Hall. Hello, America. Welcome to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA. Our producer today, Mr. Darren Wilhite. I'm your host, Carrie Hall. This is your show, America. Thank you for joining us and making us one of the most listened to talk shows throughout the United States, 153 affiliates strong, thanks to all of you in our listening audience. If you want to reach out to us, you can do that online at americashealthcareadvocate.com, americashealthcareadvocate.com. You can also send an email from that website if you choose to. I get a couple of hundred a day, so I do not answer each of them the same day, but I do, as I always say, answer each and every one of them for you. You can also call. We do have a new phone number, not the one that I've used for the last 13 years. We have a different phone number now. The phone number is 816-333-7132, 816-333-7132. If I can help you with any insurance issue, health issue, whatever the case may be, feel free to call. Operators are standing by. They will take your information down. Uh, we will not put you on the air. I have uh, guests in studio today, but they'll take your information. I will get back to you after the broadcast. You can also like us on Facebook, the Facebook page. There are two of them. One is Carrie, C-A-R-Y, Hall, H-A-L-L. Pretty easy, right? The other one is America's Healthcare Advocate. So either one of those two will connect you uh, to our Facebook page. And we have videos up there. Our summer video launch is underway now. We've got a whole series on pet health up there. We're talking about everything from how to house train uh, to how to deal with parvovirus to fleas and ticks, whatever it is. There's a whole series of those up there we did with Dr. Hunthausen, who I've done uh, four shows with now on pet health. Um, pretty cool and should be very helpful to you this summer. All right, today's show, this is one I've been waiting to do for some time. In studio with me, Jim Prather, Wavi CFO and Chief Development Officer, and uh, he's joining me today. Welcome. Glad to have you here. Glad to be here, Kerry. Thank you for inviting me. Well, when, okay, so what is Wavi and what are we talking about today? We're talking about a piece of medical technology now that provides data that allows physicians to interpret various uh, disease states, various issues that you may or may not confront with brain health. So everything from concussion protocol to uh, possibility of heart issues uh, to um, uh, predicting dementia, uh, Alzheimer's, those kinds of things, that this is a data process that gives the physician great information that allows them then to move forward and decide how they're going to treat that particular condition. So it's revolutionary. It takes all of about four minutes to do the test. 
Um, and it is something no one else has. It's something that no one else does. And we have partnered with Wavi. My partner, Steve Sandburn, and I uh, have partnered with Wavi. Um, our company is Midwest Brain Health, and the website is brainhealthscan.com. Uh, so we're kind of introducing this to the audience today, uh, locally and nationally. Uh, if you have any interest in it, go up to the website. We'll have a lot of information up there. So, Jim, back to you. <laughs> Let's talk about how this all came about because. Um, this didn't happen overnight. No, no, no. And um, I've learned about medical devices uh, probably more than I need to over the last few years. Uh, Wabi's actually a 12-year-old company. Um, we took probably about 10 of those first years to develop up uh, the technology, develop up the device, uh, make it uh, what we call you know easy to do a brain scan. I mean, that's not normally what you put those two together as far as words. Um, but at the same time, being able to drive a lot of information and measurements related to brain health uh, from something that's easy to do, and uh, that has a lot of implications. So there, are, there are two other people that, um, oh, actually, there, there, there are four other people that are that are part of this process, that uh, part of the Wavi company. But two, uh, one of whom I've had a distinct pleasure of spending two hours with and then having dinner with in Chicago, Dr. David Oakley, who is the founder uh, and a Nobel collaborator on four different Nobel projects, which uh, he always says he never stayed until they finished them, which which his wife, I guess. Has, has, he will. He will stay to the finish on yeah, Wavi. So yeah, yeah. He's good. already done that. that. But yeah. but so let's talk a little bit about David Oakley and then Dr. Frank Frank Palermo because sure. um, I, the best way I can describe them is uh, two absolute brainiacs yep. um, that, uh, that that came up with this amazing uh, uh, piece of equipment and how to put it together and, and and use this data. Yeah, and the third third there we definitely can't forget is David Jaffe. Also. Yes. So. The three of them, uh, you know, I'm the only guy not living in Boulder. Those three live a mile and a half from each other in the beautiful town of Boulder, Colorado. And uh, they have found each other. And I'm telling you, it's just a, a great collaboration between the three of them. In particular, David has been uh, guy, the mainstay for Wavi for all 12 years. He's a founder. Uh, he was originally the chief technology officer and has taken over the CEO role about seven, eight years ago. And done a great job of driving the technology and in particular um, the usage you know the vision for how this is used both in clinic and uh, how it is portrayed because it is a very detailed lot of information driven from a single scan but the key is how do we translate that into actually information actionable information and he's done a great job in pulling that together um, uh, David Jaffe uh, was one of the originators of the pulse oximeter many years ago, then went on to help start a company that did a lot of the original brain mapping. Uh, that is our chief engineer now. Uh, again, phenomenal engineer. It's always fun to watch the two Davids uh, uh, drive the, the product to the next level, and they do a great job doing that. Um, and then finally, finally, our medical director, Dr. Uh, Frank Palermo, who's a board-certified physiatrist, guy that helped start the Yale uh, neuro rehab clinic um, has a lot of patents has done a lot of work with uh, very very high level individuals that people know about on their neuro rehab side and all these guys they're all after the one thing which is how do we create up a product something that can create objective data uh, for a doc to use or for a clinician to use to help the patient understand where their brain is today uh, it's not easy to do that with current technology, or it's very expensive. And we tried to uh, take that ease of use and make it affordable and push this into a device that could be done anywhere. 
Um, so it's mobile as well. Yeah, it's mobile. It's portable. It takes four minutes to do. And the amount of data and information that is produced by the device uh, that goes back into the physician's hands that lets them then determine a course of treatment what it, for whatever that particular protocol is they're looking at um, is significantly different than anything else that's out there now. And so let's talk about that a little bit because sure. one of the things that, that – uh, that uh, uh, Dr. Oakley, I, I remember distinctly in Chicago, was none of the stuff that we're using is new. No. What What is new is the way you brought it That's together, right. the way you analyze it, the algorithms and all of that that puts it together. And actually, the scan device, the, 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 the Wavi machine and helmet, which are uh, very portable, very easy to use. So let's talk a little bit about that. Sure. That's a great, uh, great lead in. We you know, it, it is a complicated issue. So always the deal with, uh, quote unquote, disruptive technology is how do you take something that is complicated, that is quite useful and make it easier to use or push it out to the limits of what uh, you can do. And that's really what the Wavi device does. It takes uh, very old, you use that word old, I mean, this is hundreds of years old in the EEG side. So electroencephalogram, we're measuring brain voltage, brain speed brain waves at the skull. Okay, that's been around for a long time. In particular, we do a couple of key things with an EEG where we're evoking a response. So merely put a headset on, you're hearing a series of beeps and on an odd noise, your brain reacts differently. Again, technology and research that's been on that since the 60s. Again, our deal with all this is, all right, it's, it's out there. What have we done with it? What is all the research we can leverage off of and put into our algorithms so that the report and the information is, is easy to do and easy to understand? And, and I think that's really, you know, in, 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 in watching you uh, talk about this and present it to people today when we had our meetings earlier and um, in, in listening to, to Dr. Oakley uh, in Chicago as we presented to um, some folks associated with the Department of Defense and the Pentagon, um, what what, what was interesting to me, and of course, unfortunately, we're on radio, so I can't do visuals here, but the, the, the visual illustrations that show the condition of the brain today, if you're doing a, 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 a base scan, and then if there is an incident like a concussion, car accident, whatever, what does it look like after that, and then how do we get it back to normal? So when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about all that and how all of this functions. And we get into the long segment of this show, which all of you know is the third segment because you listen religiously every week. Um, we'll go into the various applications and tell you how it can be used. So stay tuned. We're going to be right back after the break with more. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate broadcasting here on the HIA Radio Network, coast to coast across the USA. If you want more information, go to the website, brainhealthscan.com, brainhealthscan.com. Stay tuned. I'll be back after the break with Jim Prather to tell you more about the Wavi technology. Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA here on the HIE Radio Network. You can find out more about us by going to our website, americashealthcareadvocate.com. If you've got a question 
or a show suggestion, send it to me. I'll be happy to take a look at it. All right, we're very fortunate. Joining us by phone today uh, for this broadcast, Dr. David Oakley, Wavi founder, Nobel collaborator, uh, and self-described physics and data geek. So so uh, welcome aboard, doctor. We're glad to have you with us um, and uh, glad to have you join us from Boulder, Colorado, where I'm sure it's probably cooler than it is here today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm looking we're, out my window. People are still skiing today. That doesn't surprise me. All right, so what I would like you to do, if you'd be kind enough to our audience, is you are a four-time Nobel collaborator. Um, you know, what what drove you and your team to develop the Wavi uh, brain scan technology? Uh, t- tell us a little bit about that and the history uh, and, and what you were doing before and then how you came to, to bring this amazing uh, piece of medical technology into being doctor. It all happened a few years ago. I was happily doing neutrino astrophysics and um, uh, just working on the data. And I met um, my now collaborator, David Jossie, who invented the, uh, co-invented the first pulse oximeter. And he introduced me to brain waves and the data and the power of, of the data and the kind of things that could be done. And I realized it was a similar data series to what we were using with the neutrinos. It was a voltage versus time series. And so with a midlife crisis, I decided to stop doing that and go into uh, to brain data. And uh, uh, I thought it would be, it's a fairly straightforward project, so I thought, but it ended up being uh, much harder, much more time-consuming. And, and the reason is that there's so much data coming off the brain. And so we had to first start by making a disruptive technology that was easy to use, as opposed to a lot of the technologies that are out there that are for specialists and they took quite a long time to set up. They still do. And then the, the second uh, stage was to find in this world of data, what is the simplest data set we could put together that could be actionable for the, for the patient and the, and the physician and the researcher? And then, um, and then what was the shortest amount of testing time? What were the protocols? So in the whole world of uh, brain data, it took us a long time to sort out what the optimal test would be. And it reminds me of Thoreau, who once said he would have written a shorter novel had he more time. So most of the time was uh, taken and making it short and sweet. And so uh, uh, once we got that phase going and we were able to start collecting data, it was kind of stunning what we could see. We, uh, um, one of my students who snapped up by Google um, helped create an algorithm that could detect Alzheimer's three years before symptoms. We're working on that algorithm. We're finding it right now for an NIH pain study to see if we can see acute pain. Um, and this is with just six seconds of data. He's able to see Alzheimer's. He was able to cluster people who had been car wrecked versus those who had not. And it wasn't a trauma signature. We think it was sort of a PTSD or an emotional signature that these people had to the car wreck. So the data set turned out to be very, very rich. So now, um, now go back. How do we get this in use in the clinic and so we can start playing with the data? Well, what we do is take that the actionable report that we talked about. What are the classical markers? What are the things physicians understand, researchers understand? Create a report that everybody understands so we can collect a lot of data and um, provide really interesting and meaningful actionable reports for people. And... Um, so our sweet spot is we're now entering the market is really prevention. How can we prevent dementia? Um, how can we help doctors prevent dementia? Because we don't prevent anything. We just do the measurement. And what we found, 
simple things like the um, you know, top causes of dementia are vascular is the first one. So we were working with some preventative cardiologists to see can we correlate brain speed and brain aging process to, to actually the vascular processes. And we're, we submitted a paper recently that shows that's probably the case that the only reason is our, a lot of our brains age, a lot of us, is because of our vascular issues. Um, blood pressure or, or plaque or microstrokes, whatever it is that's happening in our vascular system is the number one cause of dementia. So that's our sweet spot, getting in, getting everybody measured, everybody in the country. Everybody should have a baseline. All your listeners should get a baseline, find out who they are, what their brain is functioning like, and then optimize it. So and that's Wabi in a nutshell. Okay, well, and that's a pretty good nutshell. So I want to focus in on, oh, on one of the things that, that, that is, uh, will resonate with our audience out there tremendously, especially for parents, grandparents, et cetera. Talk about the concussion protocol and what you've been able to do with concussion here because this is an area where we see 40% of these kids going back to play sports, and I'm not talking about football here. Uh, I'm talking about soccer, volleyball. Uh, as Jim said today, we didn't realize this, but the, uh, the, the cheerleaders are one of the highest levels of groups that have concussions. Talk about this whole concussion issue and how Wavi kind of peels the onion back on that and lets the physician know, hey, this child may be ready to go back. This child may not be ready to go back. Here, Here's the baseline. Here's the new data so that they can make a determination. Chat about that a little bit, doctor. Okay. Uh, well, there's a big myth out there that concussion is a single thing. Concussion is a Thing that can be diagnosed. In reality, um, when a concussive event happens, a lot of different things can happen to the brain and to the body, anything from emotional trauma all the way to physical trauma, metabolic issues, inflammation. There's, uh, there's no such thing as a, as a concussion, as one of our collaborators likes to say. If you've seen a concussion, you've seen a concussion, as opposed to if you've seen one, you've seen them all. It isn't true. So what we bring to the table is when, when an event happens, doctors are pretty good, and coaches and trainers are pretty good about pulling a player out, even if they suspect something minor and they're not sure. So the, the real trick is when are people safe to go back into play? And, and from single events, it's a lot more obvious, but from the multiple events, it isn't obvious at all. Uh, for example, headers. And how many headers can a player give get before they start to show symptoms? How many for line line men in football? How many uh, hits can they take before they start to get these subacute blows piling up? And that's a real a real problem. So now we take these players who have an unknown uh, problem, which is a concussion, which is unknown. We drop them into the lap of physicians and we say, hey solve this unknown problem and tell the player and the parent and the coaches when they're ready to get back into the game. It can't be done. So what we offer is a real important piece of information, which um, is the brain um, cognitive resources the brain has, the brain voltage. And what we find is that it pretty reliably drops after a concussion, which is no surprise. But what we find that in 40% of the times when the physician is using their best state-of-the-art, the standard of care to put a player back in the game, 40% of the time those players are not ready to go. And a lot of those players are the subacute low players. So our sweet spot is to add an additional piece of information that doctors don't have, and a very critical one, 
and that uh, and that is in fact uh, and that's in fact what the Wavi does. So we're coming up on the break here. Thank you, Doctor, for joining us today. Uh, it's great to hear from you, and great to let the audience hear your insights and the history of Wavi. We'll be right back after the break, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate, broadcasting on the HIA Radio Network, coast to coast across the USA. Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the fruited plain here on the HIA Radio Network. You can find out more about us by going to our website, americashealthcareadvocate.com. You can also go to the Facebook page, which is the same, America's Healthcare Advocate, if you want to go to the Facebook page and like us. If you want information, you know, maybe this intrigues you. You just heard a Nobel collaborator, four-time Nobel collaborator. The man is a remarkable man, Dr. David Oakley, in that last segment, talked about how he came to, with his team to invent this Wavi technology and what it does. If you want to learn more about that, I don't care if you're an independent physician, if you're a school district, uh, you know, whatever the case may be, if you're at all interested in this, go to the website, brainhealthscan.com, brainhealthscan.com. Uh, we'll be happy to get you all the information you need, or you can call us at 833-804-3334, 833-804-3334. Now, look, you know, maybe you're involved in a soccer league, Okay, or, you know, whatever the case may be. Again, if this is something that's of interest to you, reach out to us. We've got resources. We can help you. If you're thinking you want to do scans or get scans done on your kids, we can help you with that. So, again, the phone number, 833-804-3334. All right, Jim. That was pretty cool that we got him on the line. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He, he was sitting with David him. When I was with him in Chicago, we sat yeah. there for two hours. It was like, I can't believe I'm in the same room with this guy. <laughs> I mean, it was hair, remarkable. The hair is on fire. I, he really is something else. <laughs> So, so there, there are three areas that, 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 that Wavi really impacts um, and, and really, as you heard um, Dr. Oakley just say, provides information to the physician so they can make good decisions about how they're going to treat it. Right. One is prevention and wellness. The other one is sports concussion. Um, and the other one is behavior. So why don't you kind of take us through sure. um, each of those protocols and how Wavi interfaces with that. And so, you know, if you are a physician listening to this or a clinician or a school district or just a parent whose kid plays soccer, volleyball, uh, or uh, cheerleading, whatever the case may be, or football, uh, you're going to learn something here. So go ahead, Jim. Yeah. So it, it's actually, it's a good order because Originally, when the when the company was created, it was really much more around the aging brain and prevention and wellness and getting data around that easily. So how do I easily uh, do a baseline on someone that's 55 who's worried about pre-dementia or uh, pre-Alzheimer's type symptoms? Well, I have a baseline because we're all very individualistic. You want to understand who you are and not be compared to someone else. So, um you know, the three measurements that we in particular look at, and I know that David mentioned this in the last segment, but the three ones that are very easy for us to, to derive from the scan are brain speed, brain voltage, and reaction time. They're really good measurements. Um, in particular, brain speed and the brain voltage or the power of the brain uh, in the locations that we are testing on are really good for um, determining impact of different things. And what I mean by that is, uh, there's three key things that are going to impact those numbers. One is injury, and that can be concussion or, or mild traumatic brain injury. Another would be uh, injury related to, say, stroke, and you're damaging your brain. The second eye would be 
illness, pre-dementia, vascular issues that cause brain issues, those will show up as well. And then finally, um, intervention. And that could be good or bad. Um, it could be a medicine, pharmaceutical. It could be just you go out and start exercising. Believe it or not, exercise and diet still are the best two things you can do to help your brain health. Yeah, they are. It's amazing. Um, so, you know, for us, it's kind of like, all right, prevention and wellness was a key area that we wanted to make sure because it's overarching in everything else we do. Because in the end, that's what we're really trying to do and overcome some of the challenges that we have later in life or through injury that we may suffer. Um, the second one, and we got pulled into this about eight years ago, because we're located in Colorado, because we're up in Boulder, um, and we're associated with the University of Colorado, eight years ago we got pulled into a study with the Colorado football team and their women's soccer team to look at concussion, specifically taking a measurement preseason before any kind of contact, and then at the end of the season for all the players. Now, if there was an injury, 24 hours after that injury, after that person or that player was pulled off of the sideline, we would do a Wabi scan on them. So here's what I want you to take away from this, people, something he just said. You have a baseline scan. So with the University of Colorado, they did the scans on the athletes before the season started. So they had a baseline. Now, Jim, go to the next part and explain. How do you contrast that with they just got a concussion? Yeah, so what we found was the correlation was extremely uh, tight with a combination of a drop in that power number, that voltage number, and uh, reaction time. Absolutely 100% calcu- uh, correlated with what the docs were saying pulling that, that uh, player <coughs> off of the field. And that was, that was huge for us. We didn't necessarily expect that. We went in with our eyes wide open. Um, and sure enough, you know, in our study, and we're publishing that study uh, even as we speak, it, it was correlated 100% to what the docs were saying. Um, I think in the same account, and we think this is a much greater issue, uh, is what's happening for returning that player to the field or returning to play. Um, if you're in the high school or school level, it's also that return to learn. And um, that's a harder call because a lot of times performance would return to normal, return to baseline, whereas the healing of the brain, as we saw, that that voltage, that power number, uh, was still um, less than what it should be from baseline. As compared. So one of the things you were asked today when we were presenting this to a number of different groups was, what's the accuracy of this? And I thought that was fascinating the way you respond to that. The accuracy of the information that we produce. Talk about that a minute. Well, I mean, the accuracy of what we produce is, I mean, it, it's, we have a, what's called a plus or minus a 12% re- test retest. So if I test you in the morning, I test you in the afternoon, you know, you might be a little bit different, but you're not going to be a lot different um, on that measurement. So if I test you from a healthy uh, status to a healthy status, that's about the change you'll see. Now, here's the interesting thing. If I measure you've been injured, if you've had an illness, um, if you've you know, been taking a, a drug or if there's something else, those changes can be quite astounding. Um, and that's what we're looking for. In our case and in this example we're giving, we're specifically looking for injury to the brain, mild traumatic brain injury or concussion. Um, and this is not subjective. No. The problem with it now is, especially on this athletic concussion issue, is that this is subjective what for the most part, okay. What, what what what's out there now is here. Fill out a piece of paper. How do you feel? What do you, what we've got here is hard data with a picture that shows the exact 
you know, how the brain is performing at that moment in time. And a week later, is it better? A week after that, is it better? So, the, so then you, you get a clear understanding of when it's safe for that child to go back and play again. Yes? Yeah, that's a great point, Kerry. So it, and it's also, remember, this is very difficult for the docs. It's, it's a hard decision for any of the clinicians to look at a kid 10 days later after a concussion. They seem to be doing better. They're not dizzy. They're not falling over. They're not, you know, ill. Um, and symptomatically, they look like they're back to norm. Um, but by adding a third leg to the stool, and I like to call that the, the symptomatic, then the, the neurocognitive, you know, how well you, you do things, a right. uh, little test on the computer, that kind of thing, the third leg of that should be an objective measurement to go with it. And that's what Wavi provides. Yeah, and, and, that, and that's the critical piece that makes this so different, ladies and gentlemen, is, is, is that third leg. All right, we're going to come up here on the break in a couple of minutes, but let's talk about behavior before we get out of this segment because sure. anxiety and depression, this is another issue. In fact, I heard um, Dr. Uh, Oakley talk about PTSD when we were in Chicago. So mm-hmm. talk a little bit about how all that fits into this data gathering. Yeah, so there's a, there's a level of measurement uh, that goes a little farther beyond what we've been talking about, and that is when we start looking at the actual types of brain waves, which Wavi does. Um, there are some very well-studied measurements. One is related to attention, very well-regarded studies um, on that and the correlation to um, uh, potentially ADHD. And then the other one is anxiety, depression. So what we've done is we've incorporated those two measurements specifically into this four-minute scan that we do. Um, you know, we set up and everything else, but it's a little bit longer. But that four minutes of actually running that scan, we're pulling together uh, a number of, of metrics, a number of measurements, and two of those are related to these behavioral issues. And that's why this is so significantly different, because you're able to produce the reports. Uh, the reports are able to be put in the physician's hand. They have an actual <laughs> substantive uh, data collection in front of them. It says, here's where you're at, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it does make a huge difference um, in the in in these issues, whether it's anxiety, depression, PTSD, in the concussion issue, and um, on the wellness side, yes, uh, absolutely. And I, I do want to emphasize that you know throughout all these, these are just measurements. All of the, the the disease states and the things that we're discussing today are diagnosed by a doctor. That is a clinician's. That's where the world they live in. But what we're trying to do is just add additional measurements so that they can make better decisions for the health of their patients. No, or as Dr. Oakley says, we just give them data, 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 data. Exactly. But that data is clearly important and makes an enormous difference um, uh, in recovery and and also just dealing with these issues in general. If you want information on this, again, the website, brainhealthscan.com, brainhealthscan.com, the phone number 833-804-3334. 833-804-3334. When I come back from the break, I'm going to talk now to the medical community, to the schools, uh, to people that w- that may have an interest in, in deploying this particular equipment and this technology uh, for the good of their community and their population. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after the break. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate, broadcasting on the HIA radio network, coast to coast, across the USA.
Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA. My producer, the always perfect Mr. Darren Wilhite. I'm your host, Kerry Hall. We're going to continue this conversation, this segment. Jim Prather, uh, Chief Development Officer, CFO of the Wavi Corporation. You also had the uh, pleasure of listening to Dr. Oakley today, which was really quite remarkable. Again, if you want information on any, look, if you just think you want to know more about it, maybe just Maybe you just want to talk about getting your kids a scan, whatever the case may be. Go to the website, brainhealthscan.com. All of our information is up there. Uh, We'll reach out to you in whatever level of need you may have. Um, If you're a school system, if you're a hospital, if you're a practitioner, a clinician, it doesn't matter. Go up there. If you're a sports club, go up there, okay? Again, brainhealthscan.com. Or you can call 833-804-3334, 833-804-3334, and you'll be able to speak to the ever-charming Steve Sanborn should you have a question or we can help you with anything. He's sitting over here refusing to come on the radio, but he is smiling. All right, so <laughs> I had to throw one at him, Jim. I couldn't let him get away. So let's let's talk because I want to – this is who I want to talk to in this segment. I want to talk to integrated health practitioners, mm. doctors that got standalone practices. If you're a standalone um, – surgical center and you think this might be of use to you if you're a school district okay you know i'm going to ask you to tell a story about a school district in california that literally just decided to do this for the whole school district if you're a clinician if you're a physical therapist okay um you know if you're a rural hospital uh, this this can also be a revenue stream for hospitals and all of these tests all of this information is billable with cpt scopes codes rather we can give you all of that if you reach out to us if you're interested in incorporate incorporating this into your practice or into your sports facility or your school so let, let's let's start with how difficult is it to run this thing that's a great question we you know the ease of use is a big part of what we wanted to uh, make sure the Wabi system has in place and so we can have actually technicians up and training in a day's worth of uh, time there it is and, we, and they don't have to be an rn or a doctor no. It, it can be anybody that wants to be trained yeah. on the equipment. Once they're yeah. trained by us and certified, they're ready to exactly go. Exactly right. So that means that <laughs> actually conducting the scans, again, there's some setup time, making sure you have good contact, running the different scans. Um, but you know, you're talking 15, 20 minutes. So 20 minutes time for a large screening. It's pretty easily easily done. Um, but you've got to have people able to do it. So we had to make it easy to conduct the scan. Um, it's nice. I, I know we didn't give credit up front, but one of the other uh, key people of uh, not necessarily our management, but in our team is one of our board of directors, a guy named Scott Siemens, who uh, was the founder of Crocs. So um, he's going to hate that I actually bring his name into this, but I'm going to because he did a great job helping us with the design. Of the, the helmet. Of, exactly. Yeah. So that headset is it's kind of a cool thing. It's you, very cool. Don't wear it on your feet, but it no. really looks good on the head. Yes, it uh, does. So you're not scared to put However, it However, he did use some of that same material to make this thing, which is kind of interesting. It is cool. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing about the equipment is, you understand people, we're not talking about something you got to offload from a semi. This is carried in a case. Right. It's completely portable. You plug it in. It's got a computer screen. You, you, know, you, you, you set it up, and you're ready to go. It is not rocket science. To, it took rocket scientists to make it, but it's not rocket science to use. <laughs> there you is that go. a fair that's analogy? A, that's a very good okay. analogy. And, you know, that, that's important because, uh, as Kerry was mentioning, there's different applications for this. So the ability of a trainer to have one of these in the training room the day after a sporting event so they can do a, a concussion-type scan on a, on a player, that's necessary. At the same time, it needs to feel just at home in a clinic, should feel good if it's your, say, an integrated practice and you're looking at brain health. Um, it's a great way to have it there and be able to conduct one of these scans. 
easy to set up. Um, and, and again, it's I, I hate saying this, but it's easy on the eyes. So it is easy on the eyes. Yeah, it's not you know pa- uh, parents and it, and it players. doesn't look like the Silence of the Lambs. Well, that's mask, right. There you go. That's, <laughs> and that matters. That's you know? what I can, that's what I compare it to. That's right. Some of the other ones that are out there. Yeah, I did mention we uh, actually test for anxiety, so that could be a cause of it if it could looked like put, that. Make it, make them put that thing on. So let's. I want to focus on school district for just sure. a minute because you had a great story this morning about Newport Mesa, a California school district. Yep. Talk about that. Yeah. So one of our uh, distributors, uh, our partners out there, baseline just uh, signed a contract with um, Newport Mesa Heart and that's you know four I think high schools and then all the feeder schools into those they're absolutely determined that they're going to make sure that their players or athletes student athletes are playing safe and so what they want to do and the school district just to prove this is have every player who was an eighth grader about to be a ninth grader uh, coming in and then every junior get a baseline scan uh, the important I think we've mentioned in the previous segment of having a baseline uh, just can't be understated because that baseline is the comparison of our very individual brain uh, to what we look like after injury. Yeah. So how did you look when you're healthy and now it's girls soccer and you took a header or it's girls volleyball and you got spiked with a ball Okay, or it's the cheerleader that, that got dropped or hit her head on the floor. Um, what do you look like now? Well, if you had the baseline, you're going to know the answer to exactly that. Exactly right. So one of the big issues school districts are dealing with is the liability issue for these sure. kids getting hurt. This goes a long way to solving that problem um, and, and allowing them to have an accurate measurement process with data that can be handed off to a physician, and then they can decide whether it's safe for that child to come back and play or not. Yes? Yes, absolutely. And um, again, emphasizing that these are the physician's calls on these. These are the very difficult decisions that these physicians are put to get, you know, having uh, to face. When is that kid ready to go back to play? Okay, we all get that they were dizzy, walking off the field, kind of wobbly. They were having issues with lights, or maybe they were sick to their stomach. You know, clear signs that there was a concussion. But as David said, there's lots of ways concussion manifests themselves. So having a third kind of objective measurement, of course, is a huge part of that. Yeah, and you, and the other thing about this is, again, I wish you know that there were a way to illustrate this on radio, but I can't. But there's a color picture of the brain in multiple colors that show you hey, this is your brain, here's what it looks like right now, and here's what it looked like prior, okay? So you can actually chart progress with this thing and understand clearly, you know, when, when it's time for that, oppor- for that child to have the opportunity to come back. Yeah, so I, I think that's actually a great lead-in for a point for all doctors because, you know, we've been honing in on concussion, on traumatic brain. Listen, this is true of all health. So all health, all brain health uh, centers around having a good measurement for a healthy brain and then putting together interventions that help improve that. Well, doctors need to be measure, measuring that just like they would measure your weight. You need a scale on the floor to do that. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. I, th- I think, I hope I've gotten your attention now. If you, you know, again, if you're a parent, you just want information. If you're, you know, if, if you're managing a sports club, whatever the case may be, if you're a rural hospital, this is an opportunity that not only to help your community, but generate revenue, which is much needed in a lot of rural hospitals. Um, if you're an independent practitioner, again, another opportunity for your practice. You can go to the website, brainhealthscan.com, brainhealthscan.com, or call 833-804-3334, and we will be happy to get back with you. Thank you, Jim Prather, for doing this today. Greatly appreciate it. And now, ladies and gentlemen, I leave you with this thought from Albert Einstein. The one who follows the crowd will usually get no further than the crowd. The one who walks alone is likely to find himself in places no one has ever been. Remember, friends, it's a funny thing about life. If you refuse to accept anything but the very best, 
you most often get it. Thank you for listening to America's Healthcare Advocate, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA. Goodbye, America. Goodbye, America.